Episode 67, Why You Know What Shouldn't Be Painful. Years ago, years ago, when I was on my first rotation doing women's health, there was a woman that came in and I will say that her story and her questions at that first visit have been life-changing for me. I was a student. I had not yet graduated from physical therapy school. I was not yet practicing on my own. In fact, my job with that particular patient was to do the questions, the subjective part, and just ask her a bunch of questions, really figure out what was going on. I didn't know how to help her at that time, but that was my job. And oftentimes when we get done um, with a lot of the questions, at least somewhere in there, we will say, okay, what are your goals? What are you hoping to get out of therapy? And she said to me, I want to know, is it possible to be intimate with my husband without the excruciating pain? Or do I just need to be okay with it? And I said, okay with having painful intimacy? And she said, well, yeah, but I mean, maybe I should tell my husband to go look elsewhere. Now, <laughs> there are two things that popped up to me because I knew, even though I didn't know that much about the pelvic floor at the time because I was a student, I knew that intimacy should not be painful. It should not be. And while I suppose, I suppose, and while there is a major problem with her husband being unfaithful in a marriage, that's my personal belief, um, that was not necessarily my role to say anything. And I remember being very taken aback that she was under the impression that she had to experience painful intimacy. Like that's exactly how intimacy should be. And I, in my past 13, over 13 years of experience, working with thousands of women having pain with intimacy, a large majority of them are just under the impression that that is how it should be. But I wanna teach you a couple things and hopefully impress upon your mind that you know what should not be painful nor should it ever be painful. And I know this is going to sound crazy. I did a YouTube video on this years ago where I said having pain with you know what is actually a good thing. <laughs> and I said that because anytime we have pain, anytime we have dysfunction, that is our body's way of telling us that there's a problem. But we need to be able to figure out, and maybe it's not you, maybe that's my job to help you, to figure out what our body's trying to tell us. That's why I think it can be a good thing. Because even though you might be having pain with you know what, I would be willing to bet, based on my 13 years of experience and working hands-on with my patients, is that there are other issues that you're probably having without realizing it. So let me go back to the beginning. I like to think of the pelvic floor as a door frame that leads to a hallway that leads to a living room. And I like to think of it that way is because that is its shape. So many times uh, providers or the internet will say, oh, the pelvic floor, it's just like muscles strung up like a hammock from the front to the back. And that I am so sorry to tell you is not true. That's not how it is. We have a door frame that leads to a hallway. That's layer one and layer two. That hallway, if you will, is the vagina. 
and then into that third layer I like to call it that living room because it is like a big circular living room the pelvic cavity those are the layers of our muscles but here's something that I think is very interesting that so many people don't know or would think to consider is that as we walk through that door frame into that hallway prior to us walking in there if you will go with me on this analogy prior to us walking in those tissues assuming they're happy and healthy the floor and the ceiling they are touching or almost touching and as we walk in or insert something the job one of the many jobs of the pelvic floor is that the floor and the ceiling part ways or accommodate us as we walk through or as we insert something. So I want you to put that idea on hold for one moment and I want you to think of this. At rest, when you go to press on your bicep or when you go to press on your quad, I want you to think about when you press on that muscle at rest, it moves out of the way, doesn't it? It accommodates that pressure. Now, if you go to press on a sore spot on your quad, oftentimes it's our calf, we go to press on a spot on our calf and we think, oh, ow. We don't assume, oh, I guess that must be the way that it is, huh? No, we don't. We're like, oh, that muscle needs some work. I need to stretch. I need to have a massage. I need to get out my Theragun. I need to rub it. I need to go take a hot bath. I need to, I need to, I need to. We are very well versed in many different ways to go solve that painful calf muscle, right? But my question is, I, well, maybe my beef is, is I think all of us should have some skills to be able to manage that same muscle issue in our pelvic floor. So if you know what is painful, if inserting a tampon is painful, then those are signs to us, oh, I should work on those muscles. So because one of the jobs is to part ways or to accommodate when we walk in or when we insert something and then it's painful, we know, okay, we, well, we should say anyways, okay, body, thank you so much for telling me. This is your body's way of trying to talk to you like, hey, there's a problem, we should work on this. And so I'm going to give you two pieces of advice here. First, I want you to work on massaging that area and that can look like a lot of different ways. You can use your thumb. I say thumb just because of angles and we're not Barbie and your thumb is going to be the easiest way. If that feels like too much or you have a history of trauma and you don't feel okay with that, the next step down from that is you could try a tampon applicator with the tampon still in and gently press and massage the area. People always ask, well, for how long and how hard? And you'll know. But I will tell you 30 to 60 seconds, one to two times a week is more than plenty. Don't go overboard. The pelvic floor tends to be a little more irritable than other muscles in our body. And if that in itself just feels like, oh, I, I, can't, I can't do that, please know you're not alone. You're not the only one that would have a hard time of doing that. Like I said, I've been doing this for over 13 years and there are so many of my patients that are struggling to do these types of things. And they will either let me help them with that as a patient of mine, um, if they trust their spouse and they are in a good place mentally to be able to do that. 
um, of course, consent and, and all those wonderful things if you don't feel like that's going to interfere with your mental health progress and your healing or what have you, um, then then yes, your, your spouse or partner could help you with that. But I will also say that if that just feels like too much, then drop that piece of advice entirely. The next piece of advice I want to share with you is balloon breathing. This, I think, is such a miraculous yet so undervalued component um, in our function of our pelvic floor. And I won't go into full depths here, but I will link an episode where I did a guided training on this particular topic. But the essence is, is that as you're inhaling and exhaling, as you inhale, the lower lobes of your lungs are going to fill with air, your diaphragm descends, it's going to move your guts downward, and then that pelvic floor should move out of the way. Remember how we talked about, you know, happy, healthy muscles should be supple, they should be accommodate, they should move out of the way in response to pressure. Our pelvic floor, as our guts are moving downward with our inhale, they should gently move out of the way. As we exhale, the lungs are going to deflate, the diaphragm is going to rise, your guts are going to rise, and of course, because there's no pressure there anymore, that pelvic floor is going to gently rise on its own. You're not forcing this, you're not trying to contract, you're not trying to push, none of that. There are lots of reasons that this could be difficult for you or have struggles, but again, take a look at that guided balloon breathing training that I will link below for you. Um, but the other thing that I'll talk about here is that this is the natural way in which we're supposed to breathe. And if our pelvic floor is not dropping in response to our inhale, then we will know that, again, that's another piece of the puzzle. Oh, my body is not doing what it's supposed to. Don't worry. Don't panic. It's just more information. Okay, then this is the step I should be doing because balloon breathing is something that, that again, is should be happening naturally and physiologically. I like to call it balloon breathing because I like to imagine a balloon in my belly. And as soon as I start to inhale, my belly is blowing up like a balloon would be on a helium tank, right? The front of the balloon is going to move forward into my belly. The back of the balloon is going to move back into my spine and my rib cage. And I should feel my rib cage kind of moving out of the way, right? Because our ribs move. And then the right side and the left side of my belly or my rib cage, I should also feel some expansion there as well because that pretend balloon inside my belly is moving out of the way and then of course the bottom of that balloon has to go somewhere and that is what's pushing down into my pelvic floor to feel that lengthening and once we can establish proper balloon breathing where that pelvic floor is soft enough it's supple enough it's accommodating pressure then chances are so very high that they are going to respond to you know what, so much easier. I'm going to give you two more bonus tips here. The first one is if you struggle with anxiety or negative emotions, I'm not trying to pretend to be a counselor, but if you notice some of those things, um, just know that your pelvic floor will respond to that. That's been shown time and time again, and that's a whole nother tangent for another day. But when if you think, oh yeah, I, I do have anxiety or I'm nervous a lot or I'm stressed quite a bit and you notice, man, I, I seem to have more difficulty with my, with you know what during those times, I think it's important to remember your pelvic floor is just responding the way it's supposed to. It thinks that it's trying to protect you. It can't really delineate 
between like, okay, like nothing's going to happen, but it's been shown that the pelvic floor tightens or shortens in response to negative emotion, if you will. So be kind to yourself, be mindful of that. And then the last bonus tip I'm going to give you is foreplay. And this is something I saw a video years and years ago, early in my career, where they had this drawing and almost like a cartoon that showed what happened vaginally in response to 20 minutes of foreplay. It was so amazing. It was before the days of smartphones. Like back then I had that flip phone, the Motorola Razor. That tells you how old I am. And there was really no way to take a video of it and I've never been able to find anything since. But foreplay really helps prep that body. And what I'd like to offer to you is that as I have given this advice for years and years and years that the body, the female body needs at least 20 minutes of foreplay to help properly help. Not that foreplay is enough to solve the pain with you know what, let me be so clear about that. Foreplay is a component that we should not neglect. And so many times um, with newlyweds, they will say things like, okay, well, what's foreplay? And, and they don't know. And um, oftentimes women are, well, they don't know what foreplay is or they don't know what they like or what have you. And so I have created um, a foreplay game for you. It's called one, two, three, foreplay, a foreplay game with four levels for your comfort. If you are interested, you can check the show notes below. But also what I'd like to offer you too is to fill out the Your Pelvic Floors Next Step form in the show notes. And I would be happy to send over a personalized strategy or two for you to get started. I also would like to invite you to join the No Kegels University sorority, where each month I do a training on a specific theme. And then for the remainder of the month, we do homework and exercises pertaining to that theme so we can strengthen our core, our pelvic floor, and really make progress or maintain our health as women. And with that, I want you to remember that you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. See you in the next one.